Good afternoon, everybody. I'm David Owen Norris, and I am exceedingly fond of the music of Sir Edward Elgar, as doubtless you are. And one of the extraordinary things about Elgar is that you can nearly always tell that a piece is by Elgar as soon as it starts. You'll be noticing that quite often today, I know, with the performance of the quintet, and here later on with the performance of the serenade, especially the slow movement of the serenade. As soon as that begins, you know exactly whose hands you're in. And it's a, a marvellous feeling to have a, a sensation of trust like that in a composer. Elgar was very personal in his music. He very often associated his ideas with particular people or particular events. And it's probably best if I start, I mean, some of you may have seen the films that I made in this room for the, uh, for Sir Simon Rattle's opening concert, which included the Enigma Variations. Has that, just out of interest, has anybody seen those films on the internet? <laughs> ah, you have. Well, I mean, if, if you could bet, we might have a little repetition just at the beginning, sir, if, if that's all right, because it is quite a good way to get in to Elgar. And to th th this was his first big success, the Enigma Variations. And in 1898, in October, he had a, a, a rather dull day teaching the violin, which he didn't much enjoy. And he came home, and he sat down, and he started to improvise. A typically melancholy feeling about that. You'll notice when you hear the string serenade later this afternoon that Elgar has a wonderful way of seeming to be almost happy, but not quite happy yet. And when he does get happy, by God, he's happy. But I was noticing, I was listening to the rehearsal of the serenade, and um, there's a marvellous moment when he's thinking to himself, I really ought to be in the major key. And he's going to be in the major key of E instead of E minor. And how he gets there is he does... And you'd think he's going to go. But in fact, he goes... And only later does he twist from the minor to the major. And this is a, a, a thing, you hear this in his great tune, the tune that'll knock them all flat, the tune whose original words were not wider still and wider. But never mind, we won't go into that. But this tune... Now that's a very significantly Elgarian thing to happen. Because that, technically, is a minor chord. And only later does it become major. So although I don't suppose there's anybody in this room that thinks of Elgar as being merely a vulgar tub thumper, but uh, although Elgar was capable of great triumph, he was also a very thoughtful man who could plug in to our deepest emotions. And that's what he was doing 
stage and becomes nearly happy. And so on. And his wife drew his attention to the excellence of that tune, and they began to play again. As I said, Elgar was very fond of attaching the feelings of pieces of music to people or to events. And so he started to think what certain people would do with that tune if, to quote him, they were asses enough to compose. And the first one that they thought of, actually, was um, they got a friend called Billy Baker. And Billy Baker was a very abrupt man, and so Elgar sat and played... <laughs> And his wife, without prompting, immediately said, oh, that's exactly like Billy Baker going out of a room. <laughs> and so that's how they had the idea that uh, perhaps they could do a set of variations, each one of which would be, as it were, not quite a picture, but, uh, but, but drawing from the personality of some of their friends. Uh, one of the famous ones... I mean, Elgar was very fond of a joke. It's very interesting that somebody who was so easily sad was also very fond of, of humour. And so you know the story, I dare say, of Elgar and George Sinclair walking along the banks of the River Wye with Sinclair's, well, it's usually referred to rather kindly as a bulldog, but there's a picture of it, and it's like no bulldog you ever saw. But um, anyway, the bulldog fell into the river, and scrabbled desperately to the, to the bank and hauled himself up, and when he got out, he gave a little bark of pleasure at having got out of a, a watery grave. And there and then, Elgar took out his uh, notebook that he always took, and he wrote... <laughs> complete with the... woof. There. And that was his description of the dog falling in, and then doggy paddle, and the bark of triumph as he got out. And that became one of the variations. He had another friend called uh, Stuart Powell, and Stuart Powell was one of those pianists who liked to sit at the piano and just try something over at the beginning. And he didn't like chromatic music, and so Elgar went... <laughs> which is about as chromatic as you can get, and that was supposed to be poking fun at his friend who didn't like chromatic notes and so on. Um, there's a very um, moving tribute to his wife, Alice. Um, apparently, when Elgar came home every time, he used to go... <whistles> with a little whistle. And so that variation goes... <coughs> and he puts his own homecoming whistle into that particular variation. Uh, we won't stay all day with um, the Enigma variations, but there's a very interesting uh, link with Beethoven. Um, Elgar's friend at his publishers at Novellos was a man called August Jäger, a German, and <laughs> on one occasion Jäger said to Elgar that if he wanted to write really great music he should study the slow movements of Beethoven's piano sonatas. 
And so, for the, the famous slow movement of the Enigma variation, Elgar thought of this lovely tune by Beethoven. I'm playing it in the key that Elgar was thinking of rather than the key that Beethoven thought of. And then, of course, that fits, as it were, with the variation that was dedicated to August Jäger. is the famous Nimrod, which the, it's the same tune, same melody, but twisted to be a little bit like Beethoven, and one of Elgar's famous jokes called Nimrod, because Nimrod in the Bible famously was a mighty hunter, and Jäger is the German word for hunter, and so by calling that variation Nimrod, uh, Elgar was making the dedication to his friend absolutely obvious and apparent. 